oh, they're a better team than us. I guess this, I guess we just lose this playoff series. And that's the end of it. Say, hold up. Wait a minute. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive, it's why I need a It's your primitive, it's why I need a If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yeah. It's your primitive, it's why I need a It's your primitive, it's why I need a I like to get to know ya so I can show ya. Put a hurting on ya, like I told ya. Give me all your numbers so I can phone ya. Your girl act the same thing, call me over. Not on the bed, baby. Tarasenko. Bucinavich back to Tarasenko. Doesn't have any room to shoot. Perron does, and he scores! Perron giving the Blues their first two-goal lead of the series. That's his sixth of the playoffs, and it's two to nothing. Sex me so good, I say blah, blah, blah. Work it. I need a glass of water. Boy, oh boy, it's good to know ya. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my well, that was different. Welcome back, everyone, to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. Our playoff episodes. We're we're on track, and we've done one for every game so far. I'm very proud of us. I know we got to keep going. We're on a streak. We ended the the Avs beating us streak. No, no sweep, folks. Sweeps out the door. At very That's least, right. we're the gentleman's sweep. That's, right. That's the worst case scenario now. The Avs will not win the Stanley Cup in 16 games. We have prevented that. <laughs> and you know what? If they went on to win it in 17 games, that would almost be an honor. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. If we, if they win the next three, you just have to root for them to sweep the next two series. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it's fast approaching Thursday, May, or Friday. Hey, Friday, May 20th for both of us. It is for me and it will be for you before long. TJF to you, Steve. Thank you. And TGIT, nobody's ever been. No one's ever. Thursday. No one has ever. Thursday or Tuesday, either option, real bad. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're burning the midnight oil for the people. For the people, as Bain would say. Um, Ian, I have uh, done a complete 180 on my uh, expectations for and thoughts on this series. And I will say right out of the gate that I would still call the Blues heavy underdogs in this series. Um, But uh, today showed me a lot. It really, I thought if the Blues got wins against the Avalanche, even if they won two games, even if they won three games, I thought they'd be real squeakers, real nail biters, real scary, 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 scary games. Um, And, you know, this one had its moments. We will talk about kind of getting track media in the third there before the third goal we scored. But for the most part, almost the inverse of of the first game. I mean, we weren't quite as dominant as the Avs were um, in game one, but in terms of one team just clearly looking better than the other team in every facet of the game. Um, kind of kind of the mirror image, if you will, of game one. How did you feel about the overall flow of this game and the way the Blues p- played? Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt more like exactly what we were saying last game, where the Blues got to play their game. They can't play the, the Colorado Avalanche game, and, and they did. They, they played their game. It's a little bit of a slower game uh, compared to the Avalanche, but pretty much any game compared to the Avalanche's game is slower. So mm-hmm. what you going to do? But 
I mean, it was a fantastic um, road game defensively too. Like you're scoring on the opportunities you get. Um, first period, they didn't look like they were actually. They looked like they're flubbing all their opportunities. Man, I did not. You from our text back and forth. <laughs> I was not impressed with this first period. <laughs> really, I, I was sitting there at the end of the first, thinking, you know, I mean, I wish we'd scored, but it was a lot better than last game. And I get this text from you, and let me read it verbatim because I really <laughs> like to reenact this. Uh, it went, man, fuck this team. <laughs> they get chances and they bitch them so hard. <laughs> uh, I uh, I did not enjoy. <laughs> I got to read the next one. I'm so amped for them to score and then just fiddle about like a bunch of fuck boys. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, I think the end of that period was someone passed it over to to Thomas or Thomas had like a two on one. He was waiting for this guy to come and he just got nothing. He just got stripped of it. And uh-huh. I was I'm like, good Lord. Cause we actually looked really good in the first period. Overall play was very yeah. good in the first, but like we had like three or four chances, like prime scoring chances. And we just like, as the I said points, to you, flubbed them because the we're points you boys. made were not entirely unfair. It was just hilarious the way you made them. I do you <laughs> you did you did the good the Lord's work on Twitter of uh, criticizing Colton Breaker loudly mm-hmm. and off and frequently, um, and that dude. When he when he chooses to shoot at all, which is already a rarity, I have never seen someone who loves shooting just right at center mass more than Colton <laughs> <laughs> Just like I mean, this dude should think about taking up darts because right. he hits the bullseye every time. It's just that the bullseye in hockey not what you want. Really. If I, he gets passed to. If he gets a Go good ahead. scoring chance, he uh, he automatically has to dust it off. And I'm like, dude, they have lined up. <laughs> There's no, there is no I mean, shooting line anymore. I mean, this dude should be firing low and hard. He's got the big slapper. We all know right. it. Why are you not trying to bounce that off the dude's pads all five times a game? You know, it's weird yeah, to me. Like the blue, the Blues are very good at hockey, and yes, they showed me a lot in this game. But it is weird to me, like, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, do you just have, like, one thing? You just have the low to high play. That's all you've got. That's (laughs) that's the one thing they do really well on the power play. But, like, I see, you know, and they they have other stuff. They scored in different ways, obviously. But it just, it seems to me like they're very organized and they've got a lot of great um setups and like structures and stuff Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure i think their weakness is just probably creativity and innovation and like finding the weird ways to score goals or just like creating chances ex nihilo to use a a theological term out of nothing Mm -hmm. um yeah very nice right um but you know they can't like they're if they're if they're in the zone and whatever play they might run isn't going to work. They're just going to like dump it behind the net and try and recycle. <laughs> like they're, they're not going to do something creative. They'll pass around the perimeter and they'll, they'll try to set something up, but you know, we're, we're giving them a, a pretty hard time for a team that ended up winning this game very decidedly four to one. Um, so let's move on to the second period where um, Jordan Cairo opened the scoring. I think it was about uh, five minutes in. You can, 
I'll verify myself. I'll check myself. <laughs> this internet down here in Florida, pretty good, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, 5.45 into the game. Um, and I want to go, I'll, I'll talk about the goal first. But first of all, Bennington made a terrific play here. Um, I always feel like uh, the the kiss of the commentator's kiss of death is the the whole oh this goalie is just terrific at handling the puck mm-hmm. like <laughs> you might as well say three goal leads or two goal lead on the road is the worst lead in hockey or whatever um, because it's just a guarantee that something's going to go badly but Bennington really is good at handling the puck and in this case um, he went out into the very corner of the trapezoid and, and just the puck was moving just fast enough for him to kind of slap it past McKinnon. Um, and it got around to where O'Reilly was passed it into Cairo entering the zone and Cairo took the shot and got the knuckle puck and scored. And listen, I'm not going to pretend that this was Cairo's cleanest, prettiest goal. It wasn't even as clean or pretty as his goal yesterday, but I really have an issue. And Jordan Cairo has not been the best player on this team or anywhere close. I'm not trying to like defend him blindly, but I have seen so many tweets like Jordan Cairo is garbage, man. Or like, you've got to bench this kid or like, you got to trade him in the off season, just straight up for Jacob Chikrin, get rid of this guy. And it's just like, this dude has five goals in the playoffs Mm -hmm. in eight games. Like, and, and the thing, I think the thing that really bothers me is like, I have heard almost nothing about how bad Pavel Buchnevich has been. And I love, I love Buchnevich. Everybody knows that that's my boy, but he's not been good. I mean, he's got six assists, you know, it's not like he's a phantom, but he got relegated to the fourth line this game. And with good reason, he hasn't been good. And they've been trying to find where he fits and he hasn't fit anywhere. And that, you know, the, the Thomas Tarasenko Buchnevich line has got disbanded and then they tried Buchnevich up with O'Reilly and Perron for a while and that didn't work and they had mm-hmm. to move Saad back out there so they shuffled Buchnevich down to the third line and fourth line and and again it's like I don't I don't I don't really care about singling anyone out in the playoffs except Colton Pareko he sucks but but, <laughs> but like I mean I'm, that's obviously a joke like I don't think we have to signal single these guys out but I do think that this fan base has a problem, like a legitimate, undeniable problem embracing young skill players. Um, and you've talked about it pretty, pretty intelligently in the past, I think, of, of like Kairu's game is not going to lend itself to looking good when he's not scoring and shooting and making plays. Like mm-hmm. he's going to look like he's kind of inactive and and watching and he is but like that's because he has an undeniably high level of skill um and you know we saw it take take a hold here where in about two seconds he created a goal and again you know puck luck sure not his greatest goal ever sure but like same as yesterday like nobody else on this team is making either of those plays so like a, just a little grace and acknowledgement of a 24 year old trying to find his way in the playoffs who already has five goals and several of them at critical times, I just think is probably called for from this fan base. Right. And I mean, I think for as many times as people bitch about him, like turning the puck over or something like that. I mean, that's something that I'd say a number of forwards on this team do. I think he's just 
people are hyper vigilant and looking at him with like a big microscope because he's he's supposed to be producing and he's supposed to, you know he's going to get paid or whatever the summer or whenever it is and he, you know he needs to be a difference maker and I guess my only rebuttal would be like uh he is making a difference he's doing literally what we need him to do and scoring so I get people want to see him be a, you know a dog on the puck or whatever but maybe he develops a little bit over time too again the kid's only like 24 um mm-hmm. I think I saw a tweet from somebody else that was kind of defending him a bit and being like you know reminds him a little bit of like Perron in the early days and it's like yeah people forget that David Perron was not always like a two-way forward and like developed mm-hmm. that game over time and Tarasenko became who he was even. yeah or Tarasenko it's not even. like you wouldn't call him a selfie finalist now but like he's he absolutely transformed his defensive game under Hitchcock mm. he had to to survive but like he did young players learn and the defensive part for skill forwards especially is going to come last right and but I give like, Craig Bruby a lot of credit too for like he obviously knows what Kyra brings to this team and that he can't just like basically do what he did to Bushnevich today and throw him down the fourth line because he's not landing giant hits or something you know he's He's effective on the line he's on. He's effective with the ice time they give him. Um, I mean, I think I noticed him a fair amount today, even when he wasn't, you know, on that scoring play, basically. Um, yeah. Like I said, he, he turned it over here and there, sure, but I don't think he had any egregious ones. And he actually looked pretty engaged in this game, um, pretty quick on his feet and everything all around. So I don't know. It was just, it's like we've said, you just have to kind of look at his game differently. I this is not hockey. I'm not even good at this other game I'm going to reference. But if you play Rocket League mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're playing in, I don't know, the bronze tier, let's say. Who know who would know anything about bronze tier? But let's say you're in the bronze tier. Um, like one of the ways to score is you just roll the, the ball around the outside. It rolls in front of the net. And then you and your opportunity comes. You just jump up and you hit it with your car and it goes in. It's the most low skill goal you can have. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting there waiting for someone to roll the ball around in front of the net, you're kind of just sitting there in the middle of the field waiting for the time to present itself. And if someone watched you play, they'd be like, are you going to like do anything? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm waiting to score. And sometimes I feel like that's how you got to look at like an, a, a goal score. Yeah. Sometimes you're trying to anticipate the puck coming to you or where the puck's going to be. And that doesn't mean I got to go chase the thing. You know what I mean? He's a very mm-hmm. good He's a very good third forward, right? He's the guy, he's the late man in. That's pretty much his role, right? Like you don't want Jordan Kyrie digging in the corners for the puck as like your four checker. That's not, that's, yeah. he's not going to get that puck because he's just a small guy. That's the other thing too. <laughs> like, he needs he needs to be stronger. I'm like, yeah, okay, yes, yes. But he can't do that right now. <laughs> like He's yeah. not going to put on 10 pounds now. So like, it's just, that's just how it is physically. You might say he needs to be more O'Reilly-like better with the stick and what have you, but that's just not the role they're going to play him in. And conversely, like to con- to just deepen the Rocket League analogy until really it. only two or three people understand what we're talking about. Like if you're one of the guys who can hit those insane aerials and like ridiculous goals off the wall and stuff, it, once in a while, you're just going to flat out miss the ball and like hand the other team mm-hmm. a golden scoring opportunity. And that sucks. And you're going to be out of turbo and you can't recover. And then the other team's got the ball and can score pretty easily. But that doesn't mean that you should like not try. If you're, if you have that ability to score those goals, you have a game breaking talent that in most games, other teams don't have that ability to match. 
And mm-hmm. Jordan Cairo is similar to that in a lot of ways. He's going to sometimes probably make a boneheaded play. Obviously, he should be better on the all of those things. Totally. I don't really disagree with that. I just hate the singling him out like he's uniquely disappointed this team. When we're not talking about Ivan Barbashev, we're not talking about Pavel Buchnevich. Mm-hmm. Um you know, who is, so there were, at one point, there were only five of our 20 goal scorers that scored. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where we're at now, but I'm trying to I don't to think Shen scored yet either. Shen, Buchnevich, Barbashev. Thomas. Saad has. Who are Thomas they? Saad, Tom, Thomas hasn't scored a goal, right. Mm-hmm. So you're not talking about any of those four guys who, in my opinion, Bucinevich, Thomas, and Shen, at least, well, Bucinevich, Thomas, and Shen have equal or higher burdens to deliver for this team than Jordan Cairo. Hmm. And we're not singling them out. And I don't, I'm not saying we should just single them out, too. I'm saying think about why people are really magnifying Jordan Cairo. I think maybe a part of it is actual legitimate on ice grievances. But I do think in this fan base, we talk about it a lot. There's a part of it where they just don't like young skill players who don't play the two-way game and the physical game. And it's like, yeah, I get that. You want everybody to be well-rounded, but also recognize that Jordan Cairo is really, truly a unique talent and should be given some grace to be that, you know? Mm-hmm. Second time I say give a player grace today. This is, this is oh, weird. Um but, uh, you know, that was a goal that really changed the mood. And then uh, about 10 minutes later, David Perron, well, no, not 10 minutes later, the late period backbreaker <laughs> with um, just 34 seconds remaining on the on the clock. First of all, let's talk about um, the, pe- the penalty that led up to this, um, hmm. because I think it's important. The Blues, uh, tri- uh, Devin Tate's trip, Scott Perunovic, Perunovic, Behind the Blues net, getting the penalty, undeniable penalty. You know, there's no wiggle room there, no no room to argue. You fall. It's, it's kind of somewhere to that hold on Bar uh, against Barbashev, or the hold was on Barbashev last time. Um, but uh, you know, kind of like you get in that position, and and it's a penalty, even if you didn't really do anything malicious or intentional in any way. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taves gets the tripping, and then uh, just under a minute after that, uh, Valerian Nichushkin friggin' plows through Jordan Bennington. And thank God they called that a penalty, because this league, and, and obviously I'm a little more peaked when it's Jordan Bennington, but that's like the 10th time in this playoffs I've seen a goalie just get fucking run through. Mm-hmm. And if you lose a goalie, we saw it with Ronta in the Bruins series. Um, almost saw it with Jack Campbell in the Toronto series. Like if you lose your starting goalie or what, you know, whatever goalie is hot that you're relying on, that's a series changer. You know, I mean, that's, a, that's probably a series loser for right. you in a way that like the blues couldn't probably survive losing Ryan O'Reilly in this series, but like, you couldn't make a one-to-one correlation of like, oh, Ryan O'Reilly's gone, therefore they couldn't, therefore they allowed two more goals again. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like if we had to throw Billy Houston with no offense to Billy, but like if Biddington had gotten hurt there and uh, McCarr almost killed Kemper in this game too. 
And we, I think, ran into Kemper more last. Oh, no, Perron fell on Kemper early mm-hmm. in the game, um, which I also am not okay with. Like, there's got to be a little more protection for the goalies, I think. Because, yeah, you can talk about, like, losing control and falling and making plays crashing towards the net. But at the end of the day, those goalies, they may be wearing pads, but if you bend them over their knee in the wrong way or, um, you know, slam them up against the post or something – they could miss a series or a whole playoffs and, and really alter the outcome of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I just thought I was glad this was a penalty, but I think there need to be a few more of them. Right. It's interesting because I think on the broadcast they talked about um, when this penalty came up about the Perron uh, incident where he fell over Runt or where he fell over um, Kemper because – Apparently, they were at least of the mind or thought that the officials had a word with Perron and with both teams at some point, mm-hmm. maybe just during a TV timeout or something, and basically being like, yo, we'll let this one slide, but no more like goalie shenanigans stuff, which I did notice like there wasn't really a lot of scrums in front of the goalies in this game. There wasn't a lot of poking at them, um, aside from maybe like Kadri once, I think, this game. But yeah, so then when this happened and Nichushkin ran into Bennington, it seemed obvious that they're going to have to call this because they already warned, apparently warned the benches. Um, I'm cool with it. I don't think it was like crazy malicious. Like, I don't think it was like one of those things where he literally just like for, you know, forearmed him, clotheslined him, whatever. But he also didn't like get out of the way at all. I think mm. one excuse or one, one thought about this on the TNT panel was they were like talking about, or maybe it was like an actual like color and, um, play-by-play guy we're talking about how like he had the puck Michushkin did and so I was like well he had the puck he was driving towards the net you're allowed to like you know drive the net if you have the puck and I was like yeah but he lost it with enough time to be like dodge out of the way and he pretty much braced himself with his stick and like cross-check Bennington um, mm-hmm. I was a little surprised they called it at all because I actually missed that Perron instead at the beginning of the game and we don't goalie interference is that what they called it like they don't yeah, I don't know what that is anymore. So, so I was kind of like, eh, well, it's not going to happen. And then Bennington's going to get all angry. Um, and he skated out of the net eventually. And I think the broadcast was saying that he was, at first I thought he was going over to Nchushkin to like, you know, give him hell. Because I was like, well, that seems very uh, on brand for Jordan Bennington. But I guess they said that he was like trying to tell the rest of his team, the rest of the Blues to like, hey, don't like, fight Nichushkin. We want this power Which is player. very off-brand. For I know. I was like, mm, I didn't really see I think what, what he, he was did. probably saying was, don't fight him now, then fucking stab him in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> don't fight him. I'll fight him. I've got a guy. Game. I've got a guy. <laughs> you don't do anything. I've got people. You don't touch him. <laughs> I heard you ran over Mr. Bennington. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if Bennington is the member of this team with ties to the Russian mob? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think glad it was a penalty. Obviously, glad within the flow of the game it was a penalty. But I do think they need to need to do a little bit because you can't start running at goaltenders. Do whatever. You can be as awful as you want. I mean, within <laughs> within reason. Don't be Jared Spurgeon. Don't be Lady Bing finalist right. Jared Spurgeon. Instant but... disqual. Like you can qualify him, <laughs> but like he cannot win. I yeah, know this I know. is a regular season uh-huh. award, but you can't you can't give it to him after the ankle break. <laughs> but um, uh, but you know you just got to protect the goalies more. Um, and the Blues, if, if 
shock of shocks. I honestly, truly was surprised to see this happen. Took advantage of um, a three on a five on three and mm-hmm. scored uh, with about 30 seconds left in the period. 34 seconds left in the period. Ooh, uh, dagger. This was not a good Kemper thing. <laughs> um, it was uh, we just passed around the perimeter and, and Piran eventually got it and took that. I mean, it was kind of a one-timer, but it wasn't like a true, I guess it was, but it was like a pretty wound up slappy one-timer and mm. Ember just wasn't over to his post yet. And it may have hit, you know, I didn't really watch carefully to see if it was really top corner and there was nothing he could do, but it, it just seemed like there was nothing special about that play. He wasn't screened as nearly as I could tell. Like, there's no reason that should go in as easily as it does, but it does, and the Blues take a 2 nothing lead. That's because David Perron's hot as hell. That's right. Late goals. Something to uh, to uh, mention, Pavel Bushnevich got the assist on this play, and Pavel Bushnevich was playing the point position because they iced five forwards. They did do that. Which was, uh, which was, I, it's refreshing. It's been done, you know, a number of times this league, but when it's five on three, you're hoping you're not going to have to defend against any shorthanded chances anyhow. So might as well just put your best scores out there. Um, maybe this gives Bushnevich a little, a little more confidence. Um, I think at this point in the game, they had moved him off the fourth line and put him back. Um, I don't think they put him back up top. I think they put him with the kids for a while. They moved him and sod around like an awful lot and it was it was effective but um yeah i like that they went with the five forwards they also and mentioned steve ott like does the power play for some reason i thought it was montgomery all year but i'm glad it's otter i'm glad this is the guy that's making the power play tick. and just to just to be fair and retract a little bit of our um heat from last game uh dom television did was quick to praise <laughs> the blues for their uh decision to use five forwards i'm sure that's just because analytically that's the best option yes <laughs> he goes you know what they're they're, they're using the analytics um, although he did also tweet uh, uh whenever bennington leaves the net and it's a quip from wolf of wall street where margot robbie says stop flush- flexing your muscles jordan you look like a fucking imbecile <laughs> I don't mind that people dunk on Bennington. I really don't. People are like, that dude's like, that dude's a loose cannon. He's such a piece of crap. I hope he fights blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's fine, man. I don't like, I don't care. Yeah. He's, no, I mean, it's hilarious. He's enough of a harmless piece of crap that like, it doesn't bother me. Maybe if he was like a really terrible person, I'm like, oh yeah, this is not good. But we haven't even said a word about Jordan Bennington yet. Other than the part where we just talked about him for like five minutes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the repeating another dominating performance and my god I mean we talked about it we talked about it through the wild series and I think my my fear was like oh I think he'll be okay against the ads but the ads are such a different challenge mm-hmm. that you know he could be okay and allow four goals a game still you know <laughs> right, like, right like legitimately as a you know or three or four and god he's been so good and I look the dude's streaky, and that's not necessarily what you want in a goalie. But when he's on a, a hot streak, it's incredible. <laughs> and um, I'm not not saying that we've got 2019 vibes because, God, this series is still gonna feel like an eon 
even if we were somehow to get the win. Um, but definitely, as we talked about a lot, like so, 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 so good for the franchise, no matter the outcome, mm. to see him He's you know, back. be a top tier goalie again. And, and, um, that's just really exciting. And I love Jordan Bennington. We should all love Jordan Bennington. I think that was the hardest part about the whole Billy Huso thing to me was just seeing some of the disrespect to Jordan Bennington. It's like, yeah, Huso's hotter. He should be getting the starts, but like put some respect on the name of Jordan Bennington. The man literally carried us to a cup, like, like someone carrying saving private Ryan, saving private Ryan through the streets of the place where he was that's not a film that i've seen i know that's oh, embarrassing no. but, um, he's gone down the wrong france the, was it france he was i'm in sure france, it was, right? i'm sure it was somewhere in france yeah france austria um trinidad and tobago wherever private <laughs> ryan was um they carried him i'm sure he was carried at some point in that movie and i i promise i'll be able to watch it um i thought uh there was a way off topic there was a world goal i did the other day uh-huh. it was trinidad and tobago and i got yes. it and it showed two islands. It was a big yeah, island in Italian. I, I was like, maybe this is Trinidad and Tobago, but really, it's not, it's like not. It's like Trinidad and Tobago are one island, and this other one is like also part of them, but it's not. That's Tobago. That's upsetting. It was very confusing. That upsets me that you said that. Excuse me. That's Excuse also putting them to sleep. Um. But yes. Uh, I saw that same one. I did not, I did not succeed. And uh, it was depressing because I also thought that it must be the two islands. And and now I'm almost more upset that it's not. (laughs) Period three, uh, neither Trinidad nor Tobago was represented on the ice because I don't think they've ever heard of hockey. But um, Gabriel Landeskog was, and therefore so was Sweden, um, remember when we thought Gabriel Landeskog would possibly be a blue? That was a weird mm-hmm. Landeskog and John Tavares both. We legitimately thought like maybe a St. Louis blue at some point. And now all our hopes will be hung on Matthew and Brady Kachuk. Dear God, bring mm-hmm. them here. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, briefly after the game. But um, fourth goal, Rantanen and McKinnon assisting the classic Avs power play combination. It had to happen. We couldn't just coast to the victory. They they did the low to high play behind the net. Ranton and shot went off Fox. I don't know, his ass or his crotch or something. And it fell right to Landis Cog um, and just was, you know, perfect position for him to slap it home. Very sucky, crappy way for Bennington to lose the shutout. Um, after that, it did become a track meet to quote uh, uh, Ken Hitchcock's favorite phrase, um, just up and down the ice very fast. And it really did. It didn't quite feel like last game where we just couldn't do anything right. with it. Like we were carrying it in some and being fast and creative too, but like, as I think you correctly pointed out on Twitter, like that is not a game we can win um, overall against the Avalanche, you know, so um, that had to be something that we put a stop to. And I don't know if we really did put a stop to it or we just were the first one to take advantage of it and therefore kind of de facto put a stop to it. But um, after an end zone faceoff, Kale McCarr made a, a mistaken attempt to, um, pinch and get to a puck when he shouldn't have the puck got behind him and it was a two-on-one for Perron and Buchnevich and Perron just carried it all the way in and took the shot and and sniped it home and it became his seventh goal of the postseason unassisted uh this was I believe they said his 
fourth multi-goal game? No, that's not possible. Yeah, that's possible. His fourth multi-goal game, <laughs> um, the hat trick, and then I guess three two-goal games, that would add up to seven, right? Um, no, it wouldn't. You're an idiot, Steve. I'm ten. bad at math. Yeah, I'm, I figured it out. Ian, I'm so stupid. Uh, no, so, yeah, must have, oh, must have only been third multi-goal game. But still, you know, impressive for eight games. Got to give him that. Um, God, he's so good. Give him all the money. Just give him, just right. back the Brinks truck up <laughs> to his house. I don't, I don't Please. care. I don't care how old he is. I don't care where Jake Neighbors plays. I don't, I don't care. Figure it out with other people. <laughs> I don't even care. Ian, it, as illogical as this is, I don't even care if it's like Peron or Tarasenko. I <laughs> give it Peron at this point. Like, I don't care. And especially now that the rumors are that Friedman's reporting that um, Toronto is interested in Peron, I don't, you must keep him. You, uh, David Peron cannot be the reason the Maple Leafs make it to the second round. I will not let that happen. Not in these United States, which I guess it wouldn't be if it was Toronto, but you know, not on this continent. That's right. Uh, but seriously, like, how you can't let this dude walk. You can't let this dude walk, especially when you have to assume, even if even if he's like, no, I'm gonna make my nickel. Like, you have to assume there's some hometown discount in there. Right. Dude's never, dude's never signed a contract with another franchise, and this is probably his last contract, or at least his last significant one. Like, you have to assume he will sign with the Blues. He would. You have to assume that's his preference. Like, as long as right. he's not just getting ripped off, you have to assume he wants to stay here, um, stay with his friend O'Reilly, stay with the team where he's put up such a good career and. God, I, I mean, this dude didn't, this dude does not get talked enough, uh, talked about enough as being among that pantheon of blues greats. Like he's up there for me. Yeah. He is. You just gave, gave a really shocked look. And I, Sorry. Know. I saw that I, I tweeted about how much I like the TNT broadcast and uh, uh-huh. re- replying to us is Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> <laughs> saying thanks for the kind words pal glad you're enjoying nhl on tnt coverage <laughs> oh baby i love it i love it love it love it love it um but <laughs> what 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 raunchy things would i reply to him because you know, <laughs> <that stuff. laughs> boys are wagon eight la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul Missonette is tweeting at us, us, this humble little podcast. We've made it, folks. God, dude, can I? But seriously, that dude is a really good hockey analyst. No, yeah, he's really good. I, I really thought, like, with, with due respect to him, I thought he was like, like, like he knows the game. Obviously, he's played it. I'm not calling him an idiot. He's very, very smart because he, of how successful he is. But like, I thought he was like the personality guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but some of these, like the, he's doing the breakdown. He's sitting next to like Wayne Gretzky and Rick Tockett, and he's the one they go to where he's like, "Well, you know, you got to do a three-on-two zone." And the problem is when this puck gets out here high, this player has nothing to do. He's on an island. So what happens is the defenseman pinches, but when the defenseman pinches, it creates this vacuum behind him, and if the puck can get chipped past him, that creates a two-on-one every time. And I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> <laughs> it happened today, and I was like, "Is he?" 
he's like gonna keep talking and like he's not gonna stop me like you know what i'm saying boys uh, um so i hope he listens to the podcast now that he's tweeted us and you know i really i respect him so much like he i have so much respect for anyone that's like created an industry for themselves mm-hmm. basically like spit and chick what's like it or not is very one of a kind um very its own thing and mm-hmm. and you know congrats to those guys and you know what just for that spot i'm gonna listen to the i'm gonna listen to the an episode you know what chick once again it's I'll been it's been a while one. I'll do it. It's been a while for sure. And it'll be fun to hear him talk about the booze being a wagon. Um, Tony X liked his reply. Now we're just all the celebrity engagement. It's popping off in the, in the two guys one comment section on Twitter. You see Tony X had a um, Pop-Tart, an uh, Eggo flavored Pop-Tart that exists now. Tony, oh my God. Tony I, X. I, I, need to, I need to get me one of those. I need to try one of those. But also Tony X, what a friggin' mensch. I like I don't know him at all, and I would mm-hmm. like to, but that dude just rocks on Twitter. Oh yeah, I can't believe, like I can't imagine Blue's Twitter without that guy, and and to think it was such a like a chance chance thing. We should see if he'd ever come on the podcast. That's like we don't do interviews much, but that's one that's one that would be sweet. Um, That'd be cool, Tony. If you're listening, and I know you are, just just reach out in the DMs. One of these times when we say that someone's actually gonna be listening and I'm gonna be like, what? I'm sorry. Um, but in any case, moving on from our, uh, what's the word, self-aggrandizement. Um, the Prongle pretty much put this one out of reach and uh, eventually Saad would get the empty netter, which was, um, I would say another mistake <laughs> mistake by Kale McCarr, a shot got blocked. Um, in traffic I don't think it was his shot might have been his shot actually but um, Shin and Saad had a two-on-one and Makar was the only guy there and I guess I mean I guess there's an argument for attacking one player and attacking the puck but he kind of just went after Saad in the neutral zone or went after Shin in the neutral zone and kind of whacked at his stick and tried to slash him and and Shin was just very easily able to pass to Saad behind him who's now completely all alone and can just kind of waltz in for the tap-in goal um, made it four to one really put a comfortable sheen on what I think was a, an appropriately comfortable victory. The mm-hmm. Avalanche had the better of, of the Corsi four, um, but we had two to one, 12 to six uh, high danger chances, uh, four to one, four to one and a half expected goals. Um, so we were the better team in this game by good ways um yeah it was like their possession was not overly threatening for most of the game i mean yeah. the fact that they only were getting like one expected goal or just under for the entire game was pretty telling um yeah i mean the blues played and they broke it down on tnt uh watch the tnt panel folks it's great <laughs> if we haven't said it enough they were breaking down how the blues kind of switched to like a one four had like barbashev or whoever going in one of the wingers going in on the four check. And then when the avalanche are trying to break it out, they basically just had two forwards and two defensemen sitting right at the blue line, which again, I totally get if you're like an AMC and be like, this is so effing boring, but it works, man. It works to slow down players. And uh, I think they were talking to on TNT. The only way to break through that is really, I think Tocket said it best too. He's like, I know it's not fun and it's not sexy, but if you're going to break a one four, you basically have to chip it back and get them to turn. 
and win board battles. And I think the Blues have actually played, that was like the key, right? It's like, I think the Mm -hmm. apps tried to start doing that and the Blues were just winning the board battles. And if that's what you're doing at that point, that's kind of I think the Blues are going to win the board battles more Mm -hmm. often than not against this team. Um, I have criticized Craig Bruby a lot. So I will just say, wow, fantastic. (laughs) I mean, like the turnaround from game two to game one Mm -hmm. or vice versa, fantastic, man. Congratulations to him and his coaching staff. Would you hear Um, you literally like went through the tape with them, which I guess is not a normal thing for the head coach to do. I guess it's a very assistant coach thing, but they were even talking about it. There's there's like tweets about it actually right now from him. or about it. It's like Perron feeding off of Ruby's confidence in them. This is from Korak. He says, Perron says, he's awesome. After the game Tuesday, even the feeling that I had in the meal room, just kind of everyone was still loose. And the next day we come in and we watch video. We saw a lot of the things we didn't do well. And he, Ruby, that is, was very vocal about it, did a great job of bringing it to us and saying what he had to say. And we responded. It was great. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's obviously where he's going to be at his best is like the motivational part of things mm-hmm. um but whatever strategic whatever strategic changes they made whether it was you know montgomery and Ott proposing them and him enforcing them or whether it was him enforcing them from from the top down like man that they work and Again, I would I would still categorize us as pretty significant underdogs in this series, um, but I, I mean, I it's it's completely different. It's night and day from from how I felt after Game One because right. we know how we know how to confidently beat the Avalanche now, and now it's now the ball's in the Avalanche's court, which has not been all all. Uh, playoffs and most of the season they haven't had to be the team that was on their heels and trying to figure it out but did um, you hear Jared Bednar they were overcoming adversity last, last right, round. My ass. so uh, much adversity yeah yeah Darcy Kemper got poked in the eye and got an opportunity to take a couple games off and they're calling it a, a miracle comeback but like I I just think like we I don't think you know, I don't think we can go lean too heavily into the, well, after they lost their first game in last season's playoffs, they didn't win again and got eliminated. Like, I don't think that's a narrative we would be wise to, to embrace too carefully. But I do think the ball is in their court to prove that they have an answer for what the Blues did today. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, they're I'll, the team, too, being the favorite team, right? That just yeah. from the get-go has to win the series. Mm-hmm. The Blues, I would love to win this series, but also way less pressure. They're not – they're a very good team, but they're not, like, a cup favorite for this year. It's, like, yeah. the Avs and Toronto at one point, and, you know, it's, like, three teams every year, and that's it. So mm-hmm. this is just even more pressure on them. And I love – other than obviously being up 2-0 and coming home uh, to St. Louis – Splitting that series is so great for my anxiety. Be honest with you, Ian, I would be much more terrified if we were up to nothing. I really would. Actually, it's it's twisted. It's twisted, but I would 100% be more. How how bad was it that I thought, like, what if we win both games at home? And I was like, Ian, but then it would be 3 1. And then (laughs) they win game. Then we've been there before, have we not? We've been up 3 1. I've said it many times. 
I've said it many times about 2017 against the Blackhawks. You gotta remember, if you lose, if you lose game five, it's three two. Then, that's you right. can, then, you, then you're back at home. Game six, Although, you can't lose that one. But if you do, then it's game seven in Colorado. That's all. What did the Penguins learn? Well, they learned nothing, but they that's saw right. it firsthand. The end of an era. Malkin's gone. Latang is gone. And it's all thanks to Artemi Panarin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that came out very, uh, very, um, I think you should leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I get, and everybody ices me. Um, <laughs> Sidney Crosby th- has a great series, and everyone shits their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Panarin one <laughs> Um, I think I think it is on the abs now to to counter and figure out mm-hmm. an answer for what we just did. And if we can play that disciplined and that well for the entire rest of the series, I think we're probably going to win the series. But, you know, I think it's just such a turnaround from game two, from game one to game two, that like I I struggle to not be pretty optimistic that we're at least going to force this to go deep and be a real series. And like we joked about the gentleman sweep earlier um, and, you know, we're we are neurotic and we're Blues fans and we've been through everything. So we know how it goes and and we know the reality there and the dangers there. But like I really struggle to see how this isn't at least a six game series, maybe a seven game series, even if the Blues do ultimately lose it. I'll take any outcome at this point. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> gentleman sweep was fine yesterday. Well, the gentleman sweep if, was fine an hour ago. Now if it's no we get fine. if we get gentleman swept, I will be the hardcorest Avalanche fan for them to win in 17 games. I just will want that so badly. I believe in you so hard, Avalanche. Yeah. Even though, as we'll talk about in a minute. It's going to be the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup again. <laughs> Go ahead. I never Before. thought I'd want the Leafs to win a game retroactively oh, yeah. so bad. <laughs> I feel real bad about some things that I thought back then. Uh, but finish talking about the Blues before we jump on. I mean, I, it's it's anyone's series now. Um, going back to St. Louis 1-1. You just feel better because, okay, you lose game three, you've got game four to tie it up. Oh, you win game three, game four is, um, you know, icing on the cake in the sense that it's not a must win or something. It's mm-hmm. You're just in a much more comfortable position, obviously, than being on 2 0. Because if it was 2 0, then it's like, well, you don't have to win game three, but you have to win game three. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't know, and the way they the way they beat the Avalanche today too, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like it's not it wasn't a win that was squeaked out. It wasn't a lucky win. It wasn't what game one's win might have been, you know, or it's like oh one hot goalie and a lucky bounce and that's the W for us. Like it was a pretty decisive win, all things considered. Um, so yeah, I mean if you can if you can do that, I don't necessarily think game three, game four game five or whatever are going to be like that for the blues because the avalanche will obviously make changes, but like, it does make you believe that it's possible. Um, and that makes all the difference because uh, after last game, I was pretty much like, ah, it's not possible. 
Okay, everyone, I think the ghouls are out tonight because my computer just restarted in the middle of a Zoom call after, right, immediately after Ian's had crashed. But Ian's crashes routinely. Um, mm -hmm. And my computer has literally never done this before. So that's kind of creepy. Speaking of creepy, Ian, um, I don't think I told you this story. I watched, I've been watching a documentary on uh, HBO Max, which I now have, greatest streaming platform there is. Um, and uh, it's about the Heaven's Gate cult, which is the second most famous mass suicide cult in American history. But technically the biggest mass suicide ever to happen in America because Jonestown wasn't in America. But in any case, um, they believed aliens were going to take them away. But anyway, mm. talk at the end of this podcast, they're like, or the end of this podcast at the end of this documentary they're like they all went out the night before and had a, a last meal of a turkey pot pie and i had literally just finished a turkey pot pie for dinner and i was like this isn't good this is <laughs> this, this is doom um but then the blues won and it was all better and i almost forgot about it but in any case um i really we forgot what you had said but i put a bow on the blues series um, and we'll go rapid fire through the rest of the NHL. Um, a totally different series. It's completely, it's anyone's ball game. And even though I still feel, mm -hmm. I still feel like the Avalanche were the heavy favorite. I came into the series saying 70-30. I put it 60-40 now, at least. Oh, you know, wow. Maybe even better. Like I, that, I didn't think the Blues had it in them to beat the Avalanche that much. If it had right. if it had just been a win where we'd squeaked out, you know, like if it was last game and we'd won in overtime, I would have been like, oh boy, that means nothing to me. But like this mm -hmm. game, the way we dominated from really from start to finish, we look like the better team. Um, it it changes things for me. And I still am not by any means counting on the blues to win or even calling for the blues to win, but I do think it's a very different feeling series than it was. Uh, two games ago and even one game ago and speaking of series that feel very different the Florida Panthers are cooked man they don't have they don't have a prayer after the oh. way they lost both of those games I know uh, Andrew Burnett is that the coach's name something yeah I think so uh, is trying to be positive I I can't I think they get swept I don't know I'm shocked I am truly in shock we talked about it last time after the um maple leaf series i am truly in shock that the lightning had anything left in the tank let alone mm. enough left to make florida who is their arch rival and gave them a hell of a series last year look this bad um but it's happening and uh you know credit cr cr man this if they if they do this again or even if they get to like the finals again, or, or even a seven game in the, in the conference final, like we're talking about one of the greatest hockey teams of all time. Like we're right mm -hmm. up there with the Oilers and the, and the um, uh, Islanders of the 70 into eighties. And then the, you know, the um, Canadians before them, like, and to do it in this era, to do it navigating right. the cap, you've really got an argument for, if not the most talented team ever, like the most impressive run of hockey success of all time. And I'm writing a lot of big checks before they're cashed, obviously, because they've still got to win 10 games. But like I thought at the end of I thought at the end of the Maple Leaf series, like it was really incredible the way they won that game. Vasilevsky being 
as good a goalie as he is and the way they played that third period, just stifling the Maple Leafs hopes and dreams. Like I thought that was very impressive, but we both thought and shared on the podcast, like, Oh, it looks like they're, I think that's probably it for the, for, for the cup runs and oh, yeah. Florida is going to put them out to pasture, but completely unbelievable and incredible what they've done in this series and and now i don't see any team slowing them down except for possibly the avalanche that's right i mean it's it'll be it'll be a tough task if for when they were to make it against like a rangers team or a carolina team um carolina team carolina team (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i thought i thought it was sweet how you did that and you included the rangers but who knows um, I, yeah, it's with it's all, different. I Carolina is technically kind of a Rangers team with all the former that's right. former Rangers they had on there. I can't believe that um that late period goal, that late that like three Crusher. seconds left of the game goal. Oh my god, so bad. Crusher Kusher off. Like, how do you come into the next game in Tampa? Because that's the worst part. They lost both home games and mm-hmm. have any chance of like I feel like that's gonna be like that game Tampa just went up three nothing on Toronto immediately. Like how, how can you stop that? Right. It's like, it's especially if they, they score first, like that's just, that's just daggers, baby. Like, yeah, it's just going to feel like the biggest uphill battle of your life. And you're not going to be able to do it against a team that shuts people out. I thought it was mad disrespect uh, on the Steve Dangle podcast where they were like, now the Oilers are facing uh, the best goalie left in the playoffs and and what's his face markstrom and i was like uh uh isn't andre vasilevsky still in, they sometimes in the just like forget things i think that are I, like, I agree i'm, I'm sure just, we've like, forgotten don't. things too but like i don't think to that scale you know like, i literally had to go through it i was like uh i like jacob markstrom very good not bad but i was like darcy kemper is very good and i was like and i'm pretty sure andre vasilevsky is better than both of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> The two-time cup-winning champion. That is a wild accusation to make. I mean, I do agree with the Mike Smith, um, or like, or I guess I, I guess that was in reverse. People talking about like downgrading from Ottinger to Mike Smith, but like Markstrom, very good, but not Andre Vasilevsky, not anywhere mm-hmm. close. Vasilevsky is a top ten goalie all time already, uh, indisputably to me, like unarguably inarguably he's so good and jacob markstrom certainly isn't all that tier um but speaking of the edmonton series uh while the battle for florida might be disappointed the battle for canadian florida fantastic it's <laughs> six to nine nine to six very nice um, i didn't think it was ever tied six to six i was like oh Calgary must have gone up. Even yeah, so more it was like six one Calgary, up. right? And then it was six to six, and then it was nine to six. Oh my god, that's insane! I can't believe you'd be up by like, I think of most yeah three or four goal differential, and it's like and it was tied at some point six to six. Aye, aye, aye. and then Matthew Kachuk uh, got his yeah. got his hat trick, and his brother Brady cheering him on. But Steve drunk, drunk as terrible. a skunk, terrible. You can't cheer your brother on, especially when God. you're a captain of another NHL team. How? I mean, I know some people literally just tweet things to be the Twitter villain for a day, mm. but how fucking stupid can you be? 
how old man yells at cloud can you be to be like you know what i'm actually really upset that the captain and captain of another nhl team is cheering for someone else and, and and like purposefully went out of his way to be like to not mention that they're brothers like i don't understand why this is a thing and it's like everyone else does bro like nobody else no, no not else. bro Bro no one matter. else is this like imagine being that big of a buzzkill. Imagine it. Um, but also I I have Ian, I've never wanted anything more than Brady and Matthew Kachuk in St. Louis. I don't know how it's gonna happen. Matthew seems pretty easy, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And then I guess we just wait out Brady until the senators are forced to trade him or or can't resign him. But like, oh God, if 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 Matthew Kachuk signs a new long-term contract elsewhere, I'm going to be crushed. <laughs> this is the only time I can ever remember, except for Max Scherzer, which the fucking Cardinals didn't do because they're morons. But like, I can never remember a big star in any sport being like, no, you know what? I want to play in St. Louis. And mm. I feel like I feel like Matthew Kachuk isn't even really hiding it all that much. I mean, Brady Kachuk was literally wearing a like three four three one four together shirt from Budweiser at the game last day. <laughs> like that friggin family lives and breathes and bleeds st louis um and god i it, it would just be so great to have them together here um at but, all costs but even if they aren't together here just watching them like they're so good for the league brady kachuk's such a huge personality matthew kachuk's such a huge personality they're monstrous little shits and i love them so much they're precious we have to protect them at all costs. Um, fantastic. I don't know. You have anything else to say about that? I do love Brady Kachuk becoming like the mascot for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Like him, like having a beard beers in the like, two of his back pockets. Yeah, that's that's everyone. That's, yeah, that's every normal person. If you if you ever imagine our athletes just like us, they are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that he has a personality too. Like. They both do, but I think especially Brady just being the younger one, maybe maybe the slightly wilder one. Uh, you've seen the videos circulating of like singing karaoke or whatever, basically not even singing karaoke, singing with a band that he jumped on stage with, and then him like at some nightclub serving drinks behind a bar in in Ottawa. It's like the guy's living it up, and and that's what they like. You need in hockey. He's not being weird. He's not being like over the top and gross and like i don't know it's he's just being fun and happy and having a personality and like that's what the sport and this league desperately need even if it's not even if it's not on the ice but it's one of their players off the ice on camera being captured like having fun and smiling and not speaking hockey terms all the time um it's i mean it's a huge boon for the league and i think it'd be it'd be dumb to poo-poo it yeah, agreed. A um, couple more things. The Nashville Predators have extended Lord Voldemort as their head coach. God only oh, knows why. Bad. I don't know what evidence they have that he's a head coach worth extending a year before his contract ends, but whatever. And speaking of head coaches, the Jack Adams finalists are announced. Ian, do you have any guesses? Um, I thought I – did I see them or did I not see them? Oh, Daryl Sutter. That's Gerard, Gerard Gallant. 
and aforementioned Andrew Brunette. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's got to be Daryl Sutter to me. I don't know. I mean, the Flames have sucked for years, and then he comes in, and they don't suck anymore. I mean, the Gallant got a goalie, so, like, I think he's a great coach, but I don't know if you can give him Jack Adams based on having the best goalie in the league for most <laughs> of the season. There's definitely an argument for Brunette for taking over a team that you didn't expect to and making in the President's Trophy winners. Um, but I would, I would probably go with Sutter. You, after I've said all that, he's probably not going to win. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, good for he's, them. And then he's so old, he doesn't deserve another trophy. Finally, a happy piece of news, Ian. I don't know if you've seen this yet, um, but with the 268th pick in the Western Hockey League draft, uh, which I think took place tonight, the Vancouver. Giants selected defenseman Chloe Primerano, who is the first uh, woman skater, the first non-goalie uh, female to be drafted anywhere in the Canadian Hockey League. So oh, wow. that's pretty cool. Um, Good so her. shout out to her. I've, I've got nothing more to add to that uh, other than that's cool. That's neat. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. Uh, the Blues will play again on on Saturday, a reason a reasonably timed affair. Uh, Seven p.m. The only game on the schedule, which is the only That's way right. we get a, a non <laughs> not prime time. Said, game. We'll give it to you. I they said eight p.m. Eastern on the thing, and I I heard Central on my head and auto converted it an hour ahead, and then I was like, wait, eight Eastern? Like I can actually do that, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> And then it's right back into the ship for Monday. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll take what you can get. That's right. um, Ian, potentially, we could potentially watch game six of this series, should it be necessary, together in St. Louis. Because we'll I will be to. back on Friday. I, uh, yeah, I, sh- I will be back on Friday. So um, hopefully we win it in five and we don't have that option. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talked about it enough. Fantastic turnaround for the Blues about as good a game too as you could possibly hope for um, and now it's it's on them to keep it up and keep the pressure going and try to win one at home uh, that'll be it for us it's late uh, good night everybody see you